How are you Raiders family? It's Berkey here and welcome to this week's preview against the Penrith Panthers. And if you can believe it's round eight and next week round nine, we're nearly a third of the way through the year. So these types of games now become really important to consolidate that top four area. Um, six and two uh, is top four material. Five and three, we're in a battle with the rest of the lower four, uh, lower teams in that eight, nine, and ten area. So this game, once again, is a critical game. And it's going to be a messy game because uh, Penrith will be absolutely desperate. Thankfully, this week we've had a full week to prepare. After last, sorry, we haven't had a full week. No, we've only had six days again. Sorry, my my mistake. Um, so once again, a day short. Uh, Penrith have had a day longer to prepare again. Um, so you're a little bit under the done or underdone there in relation to our recovery time. But it's a really, really big game away from home. So we do lose a little bit. We're six to ten points better at Canberra Stadium, obviously. Uh, so taking out the WOG is awesome. But we do lose a little bit of our home crowd, home crowd support, the Viking clap on entrance. Those sorts of things won't be, won't be in existence, unfortunately, tomorrow. But they're little things we can get over with the right attitude. So I want to start with Penrith first and foremost, like I do most weeks. Um, I've, I've identified five areas I think Penrith will be uh, strong. Uh, and I'm, I've, they've all, there's also a counteraction with some areas with these their five strengths where I think there's also some weaknesses. So obviously the first one for Penrith is James Maloney. Now he will run the show. Uh, he's going to play left edge for Penrith, which is our right edge, and I'll get to that later on. Um, but Maloney's big go a lot of the time, if they're running this way, he will try and have the attack starting just to the right of their goalpost, so three to five metres to the right of their goalposts, Long ball from dummy half, running in an angle. His main strength is trying to obviously hit kick out a lot of the time or a second man play to Wonga Blake. I don't think Penrith will deviate a lot from last week's game plan against South Sydney, which I watched, where they'll try and hit um, Maloney to kick out sometimes two, maybe even three times in a set of, in, in, in a set of six tackles. So we've got to be aware of it. So that's... The biggest plays that Penrith will have is always around Maloney. Kicking game predominantly as well, uh, even though some of that will be shared with Cleary, which I'll get to later. Um, but the big attack will come from Maloney to kick out nine times out of ten. The other thing with Maloney we've got to be careful of, if we have lazy defenders coming across from marker, Maloney's got a very good left foot step, so he'll dummy, left foot step, back in behind the ruck, and he usually does that five to ten metres out where he thinks he can get a try. So our markers and our guys coming across, we have to come up and we have to be in a tight, straight line. If, we're, if one guy's back and we leave a gap, Maloney's going to slice through nine times out of ten because of his left foot step, which can be pretty potent close to the line. As always, with these types of playmakers, you need to get on top of them early and you need to take away their time management. If we can do those two things that will snuff out 85 to 90% of Penrith's attacking options. But we've got to watch Maloney all day. Number two, I've gone for Cleary, Nathan Cleary. Now on the, their, their right edge, which will be our left edge. So once again, Cleary won't be as damaging as Maloney with the ball. He will try and um, draw our right edge defenders over a lot. So he'll try and turn the ball inside tight through the ruck area, trying to get our... Edge defenders on the right, so your Batemans, your BJs, um, whoever the front row might be, Papali or Louis, to come across a little bit tight. 
quick play the ball if they win the ruck, and then there's space out wide. So that's going to be Cleary's main modus operandi, is try and keep our defensive line compact and tight um, so they can do a quick spread out to Maloney and kick out. So we've just got to be aware of Cleary, who will do a lot of kicking as well. You, he'll probably do a lot more of the bomb work than, than Maloney will. Uh, and the other thing with Cleary is um, he does throw a very good dummy. He'll play to the line dummy and he's got a very good acceleration that first five to ten meters so we need to be aware of that around the ruck area once again time management tight line and take the time off him by pressure but he's certainly a danger number three i've gone for kick out obvious reasons he's going to be their biggest trump card and edge runner going around so i expect him once again to try and brutalize over the top of the likes of bateman and bj and sammy um, so sorry, Sandrin, for a, a really rough trot again this weekend, mate, with a bigger body and a bigger guy. But we need to combine as a unit those three defenders, Bateman, BJ, Sam, to control kick out. Now, once again, Maloney, if he gets the ball early, 25 to 38, he's going to try and hit him early with a straight ball uh, to try and give kick out the momentum and the time to build up ahead of steam just to break tackles. If he can break tackles and he's close to the line, what that's done is it's brought, our, it's brought our defenders in for a gap either on the right or a gap on the left. So once again, we've got to have confidence in our defenders. Um, Bateman's, I think, going to be all over kick out. Bateman will know how to play this guy really well by getting into his face, frustrating him, uh, doing everything he can with that Northern England type of, uh, type of um, annoyance. Uh, just to get on top of him. But Kickout's a huge, huge impact player for them. Probably their best edge runner, one of the best edge runners in the competition. So we need to get up early and really force him to force his play. We can't stand back and watch. We've got to get up in his face, really put pressure on him from the inside, sorry, from the outside and the inside, and force him into errors. Now, number four, I've gone from an interesting one. Fisher-Harris, I think, is a very underrated player. He's got a lot of mongrel in him and a lot of guts, and he has a real solid, aggressive streak. So he'll do a lot of that grunt work, typically, um, typically like Ryan Sutton. He'll do a lot of that grunt work around the ruck area like your Jake Travojevic type. He's a very good defender, and he usually wins the ruck with speed. He played the balls when he does get the ball. Nine times out of ten, he'll be straight down the middle, inside ball from Maloney usually, or an inside ball from Cleary. But his main, once again, his, his main structure or his main play is to try and keep our ruck tight by sucking in three or four defenders and having leaving those gaps on the edge. I think Fisher-Harris is underrated with his aggression and he can be a real handful close to the line as well. So we need to be just careful of him floating around that ruck area, especially close to our line for a little inside ball coming straight and hard. He does that play a lot, uh, but I think, he's, he, as I said, he's one of the underrated forwards in that Penrith pack, so we've got to be wary of him. Number five, I've gone to, for Josh Mansour. Now, if we didn't watch last week's uh, game against South, Joshy hates the high ball. He doesn't like the high ball at all. So if you're coming down and you're, you're I'm going to get your Mansour, I'm going to get your Mansour, you're mine, he doesn't like the high ball whatsoever, especially the ones that float around on different angles, the one straight up is okay, but running in with a wonky ball, he reaches and grabs and leaves his arms open like that nine times out of ten. Or if he does take it, he's very edgy and very nervous. Once again, we can't let him get momentum up or get his confidence up. If we can get his confidence out early, he's probably the, one of the most 
uh, confidence-inspired players into the competition. What I mean by that, if you can get a couple of errors from him early, he goes into his shell very quickly. Give him some momentum, give him some confidence and some early ball, and he's making 10, 15, 20-metre charges upfield, and suddenly he'll be in our face the whole day. So I think a couple of early bombs from Jack or Sam just to test him out, and if we can get a little error or a little juggle, uh, I think we'll keep him quiet for the entire game. So they're my top five, I think, strengths of Penrith. Mansour, I think, is a, definitely a weakness to their area in, in his bomb taking. Let's come to Canberra. Number six, I've gone for Bateman. Now, the thing I think Bateman will do brilliantly this week, looking at this Penrith forward pack, particularly um, Tarmel and, and Tim Grant, the starting side, as well as um, Liam Martin and Moses, and Moses Leota, they're big, cumbersome forwards. Uh, so particularly 15, 20-minute mark when Tamo and Grant are about to be subbed, that's where I'd like to see Bateman get the ball, dummy outside the BJ, but do those skirting runs back down the ruck. I think you'll find, you'll find a lot of open pasture through that area, particularly if those guys are still on at that stage. I think Penrith are vulnerable. South exposed them last. South exposed them last week with Cody Walker and Adam Reynolds and Alex Johnson floating around the ruck a lot, catching their big guys out. Bateman with his skip and his step and his and his core strength may not get through all the time, but he's going to get some half breaks and some offloads, and that's going to be a bonus for us in winning the ruck. So I think Bateman's task this week is to probably really work a lot around that middle third in the fir- in the first 20 minutes of the first half. And once again, that last 15, 20 minutes of the second half when these big boppers start to get tied. Number seven, I've gone for Jack versus Cleary and Yo on our left edge, their right edge. The thing I've noticed with Yo is he doesn't back up very well from second and third efforts. He becomes slow, he becomes cumbersome, and once again, his confidence drops. And I think Cleary and Yo... Whilst they're solid defenders, I don't think they're massively aggressive defenders. I think Jack, with his body size, can really help Elliot and Nick and Jared by bringing those two into him a lot and creating those spaces with a quick play the ball. So I really think Jack's task with those two is to tie them out with as much running early as he can do. I think his kicking game will take care of itself, but I think those two guys on the Penrith uh, right edge are weaknesses in our attack. I'd love to see us attack that left edge a lot more, particularly with CNK floating around the back of Elliot or Jack again. I think if we can put Cleary and Yo in two minds, I think we'll get a lot of points down that left edge this weekend. Number eight, I've gone for our right edge versus Kikau and Wonga Blake. Same old, same old. I think with Leipana just starting to get back into the groove, I'd love to see CNK float over that right edge as well. I think, once again, Kikau and Blake, whilst great attacking players together, their defence is suspect because they're big men. So some inside switches, some stepping from CNK around that area will will find these guys out. Um, So I particularly would like to see BJ really take on Blake early and skip to his outside, bringing Leipana underneath him inside. Quick play the ball, BJ dummy half and taking one of those really quick runs out of dummy half. I think that's going to get us a lot of yardage and momentum and territory with those very simple types of play. They're very, very vanilla the way that they work, but they get us so much yardage. So I think there's a real strength and a big weakness there for Penrith with those guys in defence. 
Uh, so number nine, I've gone for our bench versus Regan Campbell-Gillard. Now, Campbell-Gillard, if you can believe, was an Australian rep a year ago. His form's dropped off, but he's one of those guys that can um, suddenly just click on and become very aggressive and lead this pack in a massive charge against us. So our bench, Horsberg, great to see him back in. Hudson Young, great to see him back in. Havili and Soliola, they've got to match Campbell Gillard's aggression and momentum when he comes on. Campbell Gillard takes his runs from the back fence, straight and hard, straight down the ruck. He won't deviate from either five or ten metres either side of that ruck for most of the game. But he's going to bring a little bit of aggression and crap when he gets on. And he's going to try and intimidate our young guys again. Guarantee. That's what his goal is. He gets a lot of, he gets a lot of thrust out of, trying, out of trying to intimidate younger guys, which is fine. But we've got to try and match it. Um, we need to get on top of him early when he comes on because if we can, it's going to nullify their bench big time. So we've just got to be wary of his entrance into the game. He'll probably come on for Tim Grant and he'll probably be on for 25, 30 minutes at best. So we've got to match him stride for stride. The last one I've gone for Josh Papali. Now, what I'd love to see Papa do this week is get some offloads. Offload, offload, offload. I saw him a couple of times last week thinking about it, but he never threw it. He never pulled the trigger. Baby subconsciously, Ricky's saying, if it's not on, don't force it. Um, but I'd love to see him try and get a couple of offloads. Once again, with this pack of uh, Tarmow, Grant, Kickow, Yo, these guys, once again, aren't big second and third effort. They're a bigger pack than us, granted, but they aren't as fit as us. As they aren't as fit as us, we're a lot more mobile. So if Papali can get some offloads into his game this week, um, that's going to be enormous for our second and third phase attack. And just give Hodjo that, once again, that space around that ruck to really give him some time to weave his magic with his balls, his kicks through, and so on. I think if we can get eight to ten offloads out of our game this week, uh, it's really going to help our point scoring and should get us over the line. So I'd love to see Papa this week just get a couple of offloads early. Even early ones are good because suddenly you put Penrith on, on notice, like Manly did to us last week. You put Penrith on notice with these offloads that they can't send three or four up into a tackle for, for um, our forwards or particularly Papali because if he gets an offload, then there's some gaps straight down the middle. So once you get some offloads happening, they're a bit wary of only sending one or two up, knowing they've got to just make sure they keep their tightness around the ruck in case an offload does come. Um, so guys, that's it for the top 10 this week. As always, I really appreciate your, your support as always. Uh, you can hook me up on my Facebook page at Berkey's Top 10, at Twitter at Berkey Top 10, head to YouTube, and look up all my previous posts at Berkey's Top 10 on YouTube. Uh, the podcast as well, all your major podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Play. There's more to follow, guys. As always, I love your work. I love your support. This is Berkey. Bleed Green out.